Thank you so much, Chow. Hey everyone, welcome to our online experience. I hope that you're doing well. Um, and we're just so honored to have you. I wanna thank you if you're a first time guest with us and you've never been with us before. Uh, we just wanna honor you and, and we thank God for you. And we hope you're gonna have some fun and, and, and be encouraged today. I know that right now there are a few uh, watch parties going on around the great state of Maryland. I want to shout out a few cities. If you're in those cities, give me a, a clap on the emoji, a big smile, some hearts, whatever you got. Just give it to me on the emojis. Uh, I know, let me see here. We have Gaithersburg, obviously, in the town. This is where our, our church is located. Uh, we have Germantown, uh, Rockville, Silver Spring, Frederick. I know that in the past, on numerous occasions, we've had people from Pennsylvania. If you're there with us, thank you for, for chiming in. New Jersey as well, and I'm sure that Florida is with us this morning. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be fun. As we continue in our Summer Bliss series, we're going through the book of Philippians with the great apostle Paul. You know, Wednesday I was at... Uh, the Nationals game with my family, uh, Judah, which is my baby boy, he's three years old, Jaziel is nine, and I was with my wife, and we took our boys to the Nationals game, and we're arriving to the stadium, and as we're heading in, Judah sees the team store. You know, in the team store, they sell jerseys, hats, balls, baseball bats, paraphernalia, all this cool stuff, and so... As we're in there, Judah, he zones in on a few things. Number one, Judah wants a bat, he wants a baseball, and he wants a Washington Nationals helmet. And so Kyra and I, we end up getting him the baseball bat and the ball. But we say, hey, Judah, you got to wait now. You can't have the helmet quite yet. We need to go sit through the game. If you eat your hot dog, if you eat your ice cream, you can get your helmet. And a three-year-old, would you, would you know it? He, 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 he keeps at it the entire game. First inning goes by. He's asking for his helmet. The second inning goes by, asking for his helmet. The third, fourth, fifth, so on and so on. So we go and we get the hot dog, and he denies the hot dog. He does not want the hot dog at all. But he says, Daddy, I want my ice cream, and I want my helmet. So I said, what the heck? Let me go get his ice cream. Let me go get his Dippin' Dots. You know anything about Dippin' Dots? Dippin' Dots is, is good stuff. Dippin' Dots is phenomenal. So whatever, I'm trying to have a good time. I don't want to agitate the little fella. So we go and we get his Dippin' Dots. He kills the Dippin' Dots. And uh, we leave around the eighth inning because people are starting to leave and we don't want to get caught in the traffic. And as we're heading out, we're passing by the team store again. And Kyra and I were just trying to kind of speed up and speed by it, uh, as well as Jaziel. He's doing a good job, hoping that Judah forgets about the helmet. We're trying to speed by. As you would know it, a three-year-old, he looks up and he says, Dad, the team store, my helmet. And I'm like, this kid truly wants it all. He wants it all. He wants his ice cream. He wants his baseball bat. He wants the baseball. And he wants his helmet. So we end up going into the store, and needless to say, I purchased the helmet. Judah left with it all. He left with everything that he wanted. And why? It was his persistence. He stuck to it. 
for two and a half hours, a three-year-old stuck to it, and he received what he wanted. I want to bring a message to you today entitled, You Can Have It All. You can have it all. Yeah, you can have it all. You can have all that God has for you. The, the, the peace of God can prevail in your life. The power of God can prevail in your life. The joy of the Lord can prevail in your heart. And the purpose of God can prevail in your life. No matter the circumstance. This is what the, the apostle was teaching us. Paul, he's in a prison right now. And he's writing his most joyous letter to a church that he started 10 years prior. And right now, Paul's his freedom is limited. Um, he's in chains at night. He's on house arrest during the day. And his fate is unknown. He doesn't know if he's going to be sentenced to death. He doesn't know if he's going to be set free. But that still doesn't suppress his desire to have it all. Yeah, he wants to know more of who Jesus is. He wants to become more like Jesus. And he wants to experience all that God has for him. Paul wants it all. And as I said, this is what we're going to be talking about today as we journey through the book of Philippians. Today we're going to pick it up in chapter 3. Pastor Kyra preached a fire message last Sunday. Check out the podcast. The title of her message was, There is More. She said that there is more him, more power, and more life in Jesus Christ. She left us off at Philippians 3.11, so today we're going to pick it up at Philippians 3.12. And what I want to do is I want to give you three points of encouragement during this online experience. I'm not going to have you long, only for about another 25 minutes to a half an hour. I want to give you three points as to how you can have it all, as to how you can obtain everything that God has for you. So join me, Philippians 3. We're going to pick it up at verse 12. Here's the great apostle. And he says this. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Now, in the Greek, that word perfection means maturity or maturation. He says this, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Now, if you were to back up a few verses back to verse 10 and 11, he says this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, I haven't obtained this power yet. And what I want to experience in my life, what I want to see in my life is the glory of God. I want to experience the power of God and all that God has for me. Don't you want all that God has for you? So like I said, I'm going to give you a few points here. And if you're taking notes, we're a note-taking church. Get out your pen and your pads. Um, get out your, your, your phones, your tablets, your computers, whatever you have. Get it out. We are going to take some notes. Point number one, if you're going to have it all, I want to encourage you, don't settle here. Don't settle where you are. Don't settle here. Um, as far back as I can remember, I've always flown on a buddy pass. My dad retired from Delta Airline. He did over 27 years with Delta, and I've always flown buddy pass. A few months back, I was leaving D.C. on my way to Orlando. I had a connecting flight in Cincinnati, and um, 
this this was very interesting to me. It was on a Sunday, so you know, church is over, and my wife got me to the airport around 3 p.m. My flight was about five o'clock, and um, a buddy pass, though cheaper, it doesn't guarantee you a seat. So I got to the airport around uh, five o'clock, and you know, I'm I'm ready to uh, three o'clock, and like I said, my, my plane's taking off at five. And, you know, you're on the waiting list to see if you get a seat. And I don't get a seat on that flight. So I have to go over to my next available flight, which takes off at 6 p.m. I don't get a seat on that flight. So the next available flight out of Cincinnati, because I made it to Cincinnati, the next available flight out of there is at 9 p.m. I don't catch that flight. So now I've missed three flights, and the last flight is heading out at 11 p.m. set to land in Orlando at 12.30 a.m. Now, look, all I want to do is see my mom, kiss her on the cheek, take a shower, and go to bed. I had no plans to be in the airport all afternoon, much less in Cincinnati, Ohio. No hit. If you're from Ohio, if you're from Cincinnati, I get it. But I had no plans to spend the night in the airport in Cincinnati, nor did I have any plans to rent a hotel, to get in a hotel and and all that stuff. I preach. I'm tired. I just want to get to Orlando. I have some business to take care of the next day. Can I please just get to Orlando? I've never got stuck in a city on a buddy pass and I'm tripping. I'm tripping. And I'm dissatisfied. Why am I dissatisfied? Because I can't settle here. I'm not supposed to be here. I just want to encourage you. Part of the reason why a lot of us are dissatisfied and discontent is because we're not supposed to be where we are. And God never told us to settle there. We're supposed to move forward. Paul says, I haven't obtained this maturity, this perfection, this power in God, but I'm I'm pressing on. I want to give you two things that cause us to settle. Two things that cause us to settle. Number one, success. Success, watch this, success is the enemy to progress. Success is a good thing, but it's an enemy to our progress. I mean, uh, maybe you got that degree. It's amazing. Maybe you got a raise or a promotion. Um, maybe you've moved into that neighborhood, you've met the love of your life. All that is great. All that is, is success. All that is awesome. But it shouldn't be where you settle. I, I believe that success is just another starting point to keep on going, to keep on progressing in our lives. Success says that this is it and you have arrived. That's what success says. This is it. There's no more growth. You have arrived. Settle here. And we have a story in the Old Testament. King Solomon, he was the son of King David. Very successful young man. He inherited the kingdom of Israel. The Bible says that he was the wisest and wealthiest person to ever live. And so he inherits the kingdom of Israel. He's an automatic success. And I believe that God is going to test him on on where he on if he's going to settle into his success. Join me in 2 Chronicles chapter 1 verse 7. It says this here in verse 7 it's interesting God 
That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. So God appears to Solomon, a man who has succeeded the throne of Israel, and he says, Ask me for whatever you want. Ask me for whatever, and I'm going to give it to you. And I love Solomon's answer. We're going to skip down to verse 10. 2 Chronicles 1 verse 10 says this. Solomon's responds this. He says, give, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Verse 11, God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, since you have not asked for long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I've made you king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you and I will give you, and I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who was ever before you, and none after you will have. Don't you love it? So Solomon is an automatic success because he is the son of a king. He becomes king, and he has a choice to make. Do I grow from here, or do I settle here? Because if I settle here, the kingdom, the people, won't flourish. The, the, the land will be impacted in a negative way. And God tests him and he asks for God's wisdom. So in essence, Solomon is saying, I, I want to be more like you, God. I want to make decisions like you. I want to connect with the people you would connect with. I want to have the character of God. I, I want to have the wisdom of God. Solomon says, I'm not just going to stop here because I'm a success. I have to and I must keep on going. I must keep on going. And this is the key. God says this, because you did not ask for comfort and certainty and more wealth, I'm going to I'm going to give you what you need to grow. And I'm also going to bring those tangible blessings into your life. So success, if we're not careful, can cause us to settle. The second thing that can cause us to settle is failure. It's the thing that's on the opposite end of the spectrum of success. It's failure. And I know that in this season, uh, being a pastor, it's often that I hear about uh, difficult breakups or um, financial crisis or um, bad decisions that uh, someone may have made that's led them, led them uh, in, a, in, a, in a tough place, um, terrible divorces um, all across the land, um, enough to make you feel defeated and and stressed and, and like a failure. Uh, maybe maybe it's that attempt to get into grad school or to pass that standardized test. You just can't get that score or, or you've applied to schools and to jobs and you just keep getting rejection letter after rejection letter. And so what failure says is, failure says you've tried once, you've tried twice, you've tried three times. Give it up and settle here. This, this is where it stops for you. And it's interesting because God was setting the children of Israel free. They were in Egyptian slavery and Egyptian bondage for 400 years, five generations of slavery and bondage. And God sent Moses to set them free. He says, I'm going to lead them to a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance and blessing. And so the children of Israel, almost two million people, they're leaving Egypt and, and they're, they're ahead of the Egyptians. The Egyptians are trailing them. The Egyptians are, 
are chasing them, and they come to this body of water. That body of water is called the Red Sea. You can read this in the book of Exodus. And so they, not knowing how to swim, they start to complain to Moses like, why didn't we just stay in Egypt? We should have just served Pharaoh. Did you lead us here to die? What in the world are you doing to us, Moses? Where are you leading us? And they hear the chariots and the horses of Egypt quickly trailing them and following behind it. And I love it because Moses, he inquires of the Lord in the moment for the people because they feel like failures. They feel like this is it. They feel like, why should I try again? What's going on? Settle here. Go back to Egypt. Serve them and die. And Moses goes to God and he's like, what do we do, Lord? What do we do? And watch this. The, the spirit of God. God is so God is so funny. Exodus 14, 15. It says this here. Then the Lord said to Moses. <laughs> this cracks me up. I've been reading this for years. This, this cracks me up. He says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. And I believe that's what God is saying to you today in a very gracious and loving way. God is saying, I know it's tough. I know you've failed. I know you've messed up. I know that there's some pain there, some rejection. But you got to get moving. You can't stay in that place. you you got to get moving. Both success and failure when they're not processed in a healthy way and brought to the Lord, they can cause you to settle where you are. Hal Elrod said this. He said, let today be the day you give up who you've been for who you can become. Let today, this Sunday morning, This live stream experience, let today be the day that you give up who you have become for who you are becoming. If you want it all, a lot of what God has for you is about who you are becoming. Because God has something prepared for you. But are you willing to keep going to become the person that God can give his blessings to? And my question is to you, what areas of your life have you settled as Pastor Kyra encouraged us last week, there is more. There is, so, there is so much more ahead of you. So much more ahead of you. What areas of your life have you settled? Philippians 3, 13 through 14. I'm going to keep reading. It says this here. Paul says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Paul is locked up in prison and he's in chains and he says, I am still reaching towards everything that God has for me. I know I'm chained to this guard, but I'm going to preach the goodness, the love of Jesus Christ to this guard. I'm going to fulfill my calling even in this circumstance. Uh, Point of encouragement number two, you can have it all, but if you're going to have it all, point of encouragement number two, you got to pursue tomorrow. Pursue tomorrow. Such a phenomenal story. I love history and um, I'm I'm always intrigued by innovation and uh, creativity and um, the advancements of technology. Uh, The Wright brothers, they owned a bicycle shop 
back in the late 19th century. And so they turned that bicycle shop into like this, uh, this factory, uh, this makeshift factory for airplanes and gliders. In 1899, uh, they created their first glider and a man was able to balance it and fly it on the first trial back in 1899. And then over the next four years, up until 1903, they were able to get their science and their math together and and, and uh, put an engine into uh, a man-made airplane. And so um, on that first flight in 1903, which was a successful flight, would you know it, um, there were five people in attendance at that first flight uh, for the Wright brothers. And so after successfully flying the first airplane in 1903, they send a letter to the U.S. government giving the U.S. government first dibs on purchasing that plane. And the U.S. government sent back a virtual letter, a, a, tele, a telegram, uh, and they said, we're not interested. We have no interest in this new plane thing that you're talking about. And it's interesting because the Wright brothers, it's almost like they were, they were always wearing binoculars. They were, they were seeing the future. They were pursuing the future. Even when people said, you can't do that and you won't do it and it doesn't make sense and it's going to be unsafe and many people will die, uh, they were willing to pursue the future versus the past and the present. And uh, because of it today, two present dates, right now uh, we have potentially 5,000 airplanes in the air at one time carrying over 2 million people. And uh, today commercial airlines, by the end of the year, projected will bring in uh, $834 billion by the end of 2018. They, they pursued tomorrow. They, they pursued tomorrow. And Orville Wright, he said this, he said, if we worked on the assumption that what is accepted as true really is true, then there will be little hope for advancement. If we worked on the assumption that what it is, is all that there is. That where we are today is as far as we're going to go. If you worked on that assumption that there's no more in store for you. That there's the plan of God is done. Uh, God is not good. God is not going to prosper you. God is not going to bless you. I'm just going to tell you this right now. There is no hope for your advancement. You have to see tomorrow and you have to pursue tomorrow. So Paul said this, Paul says, I forget the past. Now this word in the Greek forget, it doesn't mean to erase his memory because we can't erase our memory. That's scientifically impossible. But the word here in the Greek means to neglect or leave. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, I leave the past. I leave all of my accolades. I leave all of the hurt. I leave all of the pain. I'm going to leave the past. And let me go a little bit deeper here. This word also means to conceal and to look over. So it's not like your past or your present is not occurring, but, but, but we need to learn to conceal and neglect the past because if we don't, it's going to be at the expense of our God-given destiny in our future. And I, and I get it. Maybe someone said something in the past or, or did something to you. But what you have to do is you have to box it up, 
put it to the side, and neglect it. Allow this to be the morning, the day, that you no longer allow the words of humans to dictate the trajectory of your life. That that you no longer allow the pains of tomorrow to dictate the trajectory of your life. Paul says, I forget all these things. I know I'm in chains now, but I'm simultaneously looking over the fact that I'm in chains and I'm going after all that God has for me. He says, so I forget. And he also says, I press. I press on. I press on for that prize, that high calling. The word press in the Greek means to run. Or more specifically, to pursue. So he's pursuing all that God has for him. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 in the NIV, it says this. It says, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. You see that? The end of a matter is better than its beginning. God is a God of of growth, of growth, of more. Job 42, 12 NLT says this. So the Lord, watch this, blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. <laughs> Look, I know, I know a Sunday morning, uh, uh, August, whatever the date is, Sunday morning, 2018 is August 5th, 2018. You know what I'm pursuing? I'm pursuing August the 5th, 2020. I don't care what someone has said. I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care what the bank account looks like. I don't care what the diagnosis is. According to the truth, which is the word of God, which is the Bible, between Ecclesiastes and Job 42.12, there's something about the favor of God that is placed on tomorrow. And think of it this way. When the Wright brothers were creating airplanes... As they were pursuing tomorrow, they were, in essence, thinking about today. So so the tomorrow that you pursue today will become your reality one day. You will live in that present reality one day. And so God is calling you to not, not stay here, not settle. That's what Paul is saying. You cannot settle. It's summer 2018. We got five more months left in this year. You can still end it in victory. You can still get all that God has for you. Don't settle where you are. Pursue tomorrow. As for me, I have some godly goals. I've told the Lord, I want to be married 50 plus years. And I want to enjoy my marriage. Personally, I don't know about you, but I want to be able to say when when I die and when I go to heaven, I gave at least personally out of my own pocket over $1 million to outreach, local outreach, global outreach, global missions. I know as a church, we're going to give tens of millions of dollars as the years go on. We're, We're only a year and a half. And as a church, we've given almost 40 grand in outreach events in a year and a half's time. 
There will be 20 Highlight Church locations by the year 2040 all across the great state of Maryland because what's happening in our church, the life change, the impact, the connections, the community, how the, how the Spirit of God is moving through Highlight Church, it can't stay in Gaithersburg. It must get to other places. I got some godly goals, so, so I can't get caught on the, on the small things of today. The small chains of today, the small challenges, we got to pursue tomorrow. And even if you don't know what your tomorrow looks like, start with pursuing Jesus. Get in this word. Get in this word. Get to know him. That's where it starts. If you don't know what God has for you, get to know him so he can tell you what he has for you. Pursue Jesus and he'll make it clear. Philippians 3, 15 through 16. As we close this out, he says here, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. I love it. It's all about maturity. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. If you're going to receive all that God has for you, and I believe you can, Point of encouragement number three, never give up. You see that build up? Don't settle. Pursue tomorrow. Never give up. Never give up. Like I said, I'm I'm a history buff, so I want to share something with you here. Uh, Just follow me. I'll be out your way in about 10 minutes. I hope you're having a great time. Like I said, let's give me some smiles. Make me feel good. I'm up here sweating. Ugh. Uh, this is this is nerve-wracking, y'all. This is live. I don't know who's watching. President could be on. Or I don't know who's on there. Give me something. There it is. I see you. I see you. Silver Spring. Bethesda. I see you out there. All right. Anyway, sorry. Don't give up. Never give up. Here it is. In 1809, this individual was born into extreme poverty. At the age of seven, his family was evicted and he was forced to work in order to support them. When he was nine years old, his mother died. Uh, At the age of 22, uh, his first business failed. Uh, At the age of 23, he ran for state legislature and he lost. Uh, He was denied entry into law school. In 1833, he borrowed money to start another business. And by the end of that year, he went bankrupt, and he spent the next 17 years paying off debt. At the age of 24, he was engaged to be married to the love of his life, and she passed away. And that sent him into six months of a nervous breakdown that led him to be bedridden for six months. He ran for Congress in 1843, and he lost. He ran for land officer in 1849 lost. He ran for Senate and he lost. He sought the vice presidential nomination of his party. Less than 100 votes. He lost it. 1858, he ran for Senate again and he lost. But by 1861, at the age of 1860, at the age of 51, Abraham Lincoln became president of the United States of America. He never gave up. He never gave up. He he pressed in. He leaned in 
and, and he got it all. And it's funny because America was in a very tumultuous season. That was around the time of the Civil War. And look at it. How, how, how strategic is God to, to raise up a leader who had been through so much in order to resolve such a, a tense issue in our nation? Maybe that's what's going on in your life. Maybe it's tough right now. Maybe it's confusing. Maybe you're kind of in the in-between. You're in the grind. You're in the thick of things. But I believe God is raising you up because you're the only person that can solve certain issues in this generation that he's called to solve them. So he has to send you through a trial. He has to grow you. But it's our responsibility not to settle to pursue tomorrow and never give up. Lincoln, he said this, he said, I will prepare and someday my chance will come. I will prepare. And as I'm reading his story, I'm looking at him like, man, he lost this, lost his mother. He lost the love of his life. He lost this election. And it's almost as if it said, yeah, that's tough. And I failed and so on and so forth. But instead of staying there, settling there, allowing the past and the present to get me down. I'm going to prepare. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to prepare. And I just sense that there's a single mother out there right now and you want to give up. You want to give up. You want to be physically present, but you're tapping out emotionally and psychologically. There's a husband and you are considering leaving your wife and your kids. You want to give up. Don't give up. Prepare. Prepare for your marriage to flourish. Prepare for your children to be raised in a home where both parents are present and the love of God rules. There's a student. You're, you're tempted and you're being tested right now to give up. You're saying, what's the point of school? What's the point of dreaming? But God hasn't called you to give up. God has called you to prepare because someday your chance is going to come. There may even be someone out there. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I believe the spirit of God is here and he's using me to talk through this live stream. There may be someone out there considering suicide. But the love of God compels you. The destiny of God, the purpose of God compels you to not give up, but to get up and to prepare for a better day. Paul says, allow us to hold on to the progress that we've made. I want to encourage you with this. You are not who you used to be. And you've made so much progress. You've made so much You've gone so far. You're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. And what God is saying to you today is, it is not the time to give up. The latter part of your life shall be greater than the former. So get up and prepare. And as you do so, you will receive all that God has for you. Hey, I just... I just want to pray for you right now. Once again, thank you for chiming in. But I want to pray for you. I feel God here. If we could just close our eyes and bow our heads and let's pray. God has so much in store for you. Uh, Father God, I thank you for your children. 
I thank you for those who believe in you, those who who know you, and those who don't know you, God, but, but they're seeking you. Lord, they can have all that you have in store for them. Lord, they can experience freedom and liberty, fulfillment, forgiveness of sin. God, your word declares that our tomorrow is more blessed than our today and our past. And so, God, I just pray that you would give them the strength to not settle, give them the vision to pursue tomorrow, and give them what they need to never give up. Lord, right now you're healing hearts and you're lifting heads and you're causing all things to be right. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to open this invitation up to you. God loves you. and uh, You don't have to come to God a certain way. You don't, you don't have to be perfect or get yourself together. God, God will do all that. You know, God sent the Son to die on a cross for your sin. Jesus was sinless. We are sinners and we need a Savior. And out of his love, and his joy, Jesus did that for us. And all we have to do is just simply receive him in our hearts by faith. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 through 10, that if you would believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It's as simple as that. And so what I want to do is I want to extend this opportunity to you today. Once again, let, let's just bow our heads and, and pray. Church. Uh, pray for your future brothers and sisters in Christ right now. And, and you, you're sitting in that room or you're watching this as you're driving in your car, wherever you are. We're just going to give you on the count of three. If you're coming to Jesus, you just raise your hand and we want to pray with you and celebrate you. Don't let the devil talk you out of this. God is so much in store for you. Today is, is that day that you can become new. The old is gone and the new has come. And so on the count of three, if you just raise that hand. We're going to pray with you. One, two, this is your time. Three, raise that hand up high. Make him your savior. He wants to come into your heart. He wants to set you free. And if you raise your hand, I celebrate you. I celebrate you, I celebrate you. And I'm sure we're all celebrating you. Come on, send the emojis, emojis, emojis. And repeat this prayer after me. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died for my sin. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. Make me new. I want all that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us on our Facebook Live experience. We love you to death. I can't wait to see you next Sunday at Redland Middle School. Take care. See you soon.